Andy Warhol famously said, in the future, everyone will be world famous for 15 minutes. Many argue social media is Andy Warhol's prediction come true. But was he really correct? Remember, Warhol said world famous, a term I haven't heard in quite a long time. It conjures images of Michael Jackson dangling baby blanket off the balcony from the presidential suite of Berlin's Adlon Hotel. Princess Diana's fatal paparazzi-induced car crash in Paris. Britney Spears' head-shaving, umbrella-wielding meltdown. When I asked Soph what she thought we should talk about on our next episode, she said Kanye. Question mark? LMAO. LOL. It got me to thinking how weird celebrity and quote-unquote pop culture have gotten over the pandemic. Maybe pop culture really did die in 2009. Maybe world famous died with it. Hi, Soph. Did you like the intro? <laughs> yes. I, I've been like revisiting the philosophy of Andy Warhol like recently because you there's like a lot Andy of Warhol mode. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I always was, but you know, that book's really good. Um, there's like a little bit Which truly book? relevant. The philosophy of Andy Warhol. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, and um, that like line that you quoted is in it, and he like talks about that concept more and like a bunch of different stuff about like fame and like art and beauty and all these things, and um, it's like a lot of like eternally relevant stuff in that. Like in the beginning, like a year ago, like January 2021. Oh my god, a year ago. That's so crazy. I like went through and like I was like annotating it and I was like, this is mad funny. Like she like predicted like Trump's Twitter presence, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, if only, yeah. if only you could see us now. <laughs> I mean, in some ways he was right, but I also really think he was wrong. I mean, yeah, there's like definitely layers. I also because I just no. sent you that TikTok that I Oh yeah. Did you watch it? I watched the TikTok. Do you want to just yeah. that? Because people are listening. Right. Um, it was just some girl being like, we're all going to have like 15 minutes of fame and people say that's bad. Actually, I think everybody should be famous. Like it's communism, like whatever. And I, <laughs> and I was yeah, just like, this, bruh. I don't think structurally, I don't think that works. I don't think well, everyone can actually be simultaneously no. famous because that would mean that everyone would have to know who everyone else in the world was at the same exactly. time. Exactly. That's the thing. I feel like it's weird because like Maybe it's once definitely... Elon Musk gets like Neuralink set up and uh, we can expand our brains to comprehend what everyone is doing all at I once. I don't want that. No, <laughs> I either. don't want that. I don't even like like interacting or consuming things that aren't like up to par now that like I don't even have my Twitter timeline on um like home i have it on latest only like i don't want to see what anyone else is liking i'm I'm a latest person yeah i miss the old chronological timelines i think algorithmic timelines suck oh it's so bad and instagram switched i remember like because you used to be able to like kind of like scroll back to like where you left off no it's all just ads that's yeah it's ads and awful viral trends i don't did you see (laughs) the last the last couple of days this this relates more directly 
to fame, West Elm Caleb. Stop! Oh my God, stop. I literally, I hate this. Yes, are we going to talk about this? Like, do we have to? <laughs> I, I think briefly, just because well, I, okay, I think it, honestly, I think it points like a- out that Andy Warhol's prediction that everyone would be famous for 15 minutes is like a dark prediction. Well, I think it's interesting because most like, people that's go famous. Like not fame. I think the problem is people it's are infamy. People are like conflating fame with virality. But I think that's why people argue social media fulfilled his prediction. Well, right. I know. But I'm just saying, like, there's a difference between fame and virality. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think it's actually much harder to be famous in the way that you could be famous in, like, say, well, you weren't born in the 90s, but in the 90s, fame was very different. You know? Yeah. I, I just I think it I think it kind of disappoints people because people who are, you know, Gen X or millennials or older had this model of fame that still had kind of an air of mystery around it, you know? Exactly. This is like my whole thing with like the war on passion, et cetera, like the sensuality and like mysterious, like untouchable energy of celebrity is like completely gone. Like tabloid culture was like the last bastion of it. And now it's just like, because if you're online and you garner a following and you like get notoriety or whatever it's because usually if it's not just like some viral like gimmick it's like you're (sighs) being vulnerable and like presenting your life in a casual way you know usually and that's just so boring to me because like people have always like like when I talk about my own social media presence and (laughs) like the way that I like conduct myself online like of, of course it's been posed to me that I should like make TikToks or like YouTube videos when, back when that was like relevant or like all this other stuff but it's like I don't want to be accessible to the general public like with that like totally like yeah well this this is kind of the weird thing about even like the term in the the TikTok that, that Sophie's referencing which is will be linked below uh mm-hmm. that people discuss is um like micro celebrity and to me that's like an oxymoron how can you be famous to a small group of people like this is the whole thing about why I think maybe Andy Warhol's prediction didn't come true because instead of having super celebrities that were world famous right this is what I pointed out in the intro not that you have a large audience but that you are world famous that people know exactly everywhere um I don't think those people really exist that much anymore. No. There's way less of them. And even there's way less. And the I don't you, think there's anyone talk new. About Kanye. Kanye, I think, is one of the few people that you could argue is world famous. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the people who are world famous now are kind of like leftover from when like they're still famous from that time. They have like less, you know. Yeah, Kanye uh, became famous in the era when people started to think that maybe fame was deeply toxic and psychotic. You right. know, he became famous in the two thousands. It's so ridiculous, but yeah. Young Hollywood, uh, Britney Spears going out with Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. Right. And obviously, like you look at back at the three of them, and things didn't end well for most of them. Oh no, Paris Hilton, who seemed to have a preternatural understanding of um what internet fame would look like being famous for nothing and also you know it's like the the rumor that Paris Hilton actually has a very deep voice Mm -hmm. it's I guess it's it's a rumor yeah Yeah. she she admits it in the Netflix documentary about her right I didn't watch it but yeah 
but she was putting on a character because she knew that while you know while us rubes out in the sticks couldn't, couldn't <laughs> quite parse it uh she actually was not just famous for nothing she was playing a character right uh, which i think is much more common now when you with uh, well digital influencers etc you know uh i don't know i feel like paris hilton playing a character then for the public is like not a novel concept and like it's definitely present now when you have like hyper curated like social media quote celebrities but whatever like people with large followings but like you know playing a character has always been like a common theme like like you know if you look at like hollywood stars from like the 50s like the studios would be like creating a persona for them to embody Like and like so it's like Judy Garland was basically like raised right, you by, know, like you you always have corporation, these, right? You always have these tropes that are played out in people, like like the sweet, shy, innocent, like Britney or mm-hmm. whatever, like Girl Next Door versus like crazy, Wait, like Br- Britney was also raised by a corporation. You know, I feel like a right, lot of exactly. people now forget that she was on the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, she was also Disney, like right. Um, so there's all these like like there's these are just like themes of like human behavior that have like happened over time and like there's always there needs to be like that air of mystery there needs to be that sort of like uh veil over any person who's in the public eye because it's just like fucked up to have like people uh you know you can't be vulnerable to america like you can't be like your authentic self like it just doesn't work and it's psychologically traumatizing well, that's why point kanye west exactly Fox. <laughs> exactly and it's but it's, it's funny because then now we have like you know the weird inverse of that which is still in the same vein of like social media influencers with huge followings like playing the character of vulnerability and like totally like open. I don't don't know if Kanye's totally playing the character of vulnerability. No, not, not him really. I I mean, I I have, I want to, I want to pause and talk about Kanye for a second because I think, because I I do think there's something dark that's going to happen. It gives me very bad vibes. Oh, absolutely. Like that's dark. I mean, like the, the whole, he's been like on a spiral for years. Sure. But but so kind of post divorce, my my understanding of the timeline is like, you know, they get divorced. Yeah. Kim Kardashian starts dating Pete Davidson, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, good for good for them. I don't know. Who knows if anything is real or not? Um, Or if this is like (laughs) you think they have sex, if it's a meme (laughs) kind of stunt, you know. Right. But but then, you know, the, the kind of like last two or three weeks have been, you know, Kanye buys a house next to Kim. Uh, mm-hmm. Kanye starts dating Julia Fox and dressing her like Kim, mm-hmm. and, and the the whole way that it kind of unfolds is is pretty like immediately tailored for press consumption. Yeah, but unlike unlike the Kardashians, and and I had a couple of friends in Los Angeles who worked on keeping up with the Kardashians, mm-hmm. and, and kind of what they would tell me, like part of the reason why they've they've stuck around so long is because they have their kind of diabolical diabolical momager. Right. And she's always managed kind of final cut on reality TV shows. Um, They clearly have 
very well-defined boundaries and relationships with the paparazzi right although that also kind of means that they hide in their houses all the time and only like go out when it's like been announced that they're going to be <laughs> appearing in public yeah so, so it's kind of a win-win but, but you have to have a very kind of I think it's a weird mindset to be the kind of person who's going to kind of hide in their mansion all the time and just like lounge around and eat salad but then be coordinating all public appearances and you know having right it's definitely and- like it's, there's like a, a level of of thought that goes into living daily life when you're that kind of person. That right. It's you're they're just no looking at a different manage. plane of reality. Yeah, and, and Kanye kind of got brought into it, but just based on the him and Julia Fox dynamic, it doesn't seem like they it seems like they're already inviting too much scrutiny, you know? Like as mean? soon as they went on a date, Julia Fox wrote an interview article about the right, relationship. Right, 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 like, right. I mean <sighs> It's definitely interesting. I do see Kanye and Julia as like two people who are like they love the limelight. Like, what can they say? Yeah, like, you but, know, that's just the, how they are. But, but the um, bad thing is, is that you know everyone kind of forgets when everyone is laughing about Kanye West put out a diss track against Pete Davidson and <laughs> Con- like Kim. Kim and Pete Davidson hired extra security because of it. And now Kanye is not allowed to like go in the house with his kids. And I'm like, it's all kind of funny for us, but this is going to end up in like family court. It's going to be oh, dark. Right. That's the thing is like, that's not going to hold up in family court. That's it's all nice kind of song, a big bro. joke until it's in family court and, you know, Kanye can't see his kids or something. Yeah. There's children involved. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's so, it's so crazy. Like, all of it is so crazy. I remember like last, last summer no summer 2020 yeah it's like summer 2020 was like Kanye was having like this huge like Twitter meltdown and he was talking about like North and um how he like didn't want North to be like exploited for like porn or something like that oh my like, god I don't remember this he didn't I don't think he said it that explicitly but he was like talking about that and then like this is like obviously pre-divorce but uh, he was just like going off on Twitter about Chris and like North and like how he wanted to protect North. But I'm like, then I remember thinking just like, Dan, like this is not going to end well, A. But like, you know, there are things that he's saying that are like true. Like, I'm sure. I'm these- not I'm not totally unsympathetic to a person like Kanye. He just seems like. He got lost in the I don't know that anyone. I don't know that anyone else is like getting through with with good advice about how to deal with like a post-divorce custody arrangement which is like right actually what's probably going on in the background but to everyone else it's kind of just a circus that everyone's laughing about yeah yeah I mean it's just crazy but then yeah so like then we have like I was just like thinking about that like Twitter thing that happened two years ago like this week but um so it's like now we have Julia and Kanye and like it's interesting to see like the public reaction to that like it's so funny because like I remember like right when that new I mean first of all right before that happened she was like going crazy on Instagram stories about her baby daddy oh yeah I so tell me about this explain it to me I didn't did you not see this she had like a huge like a long Instagram story was like dot 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 you know Uh and she was just like talking about her baby daddy being like abusive and like 
cheating and then like she was getting like dms i didn't watch the whole thing but i did like watch most of it because i was late but i but then like some people were like dming her and being like oh my god he like fucks his aunt like oh my god yeah like all this crazy shit like a video of (laughs) then like a video like she took of him like drunk and like abusive and like it's just so like messy and then her being like uh like he absolutely like got me pregnant on purpose but like that's not like that's like the greatest blessing like I would never like regret having my son but like it was absolutely like a move for control but like also yeah and then like throughout all of this she's wearing like this Instagram filter on her face yeah while talking about this and then like she puts the filter on the baby like the filter gets on the baby's face and and I'm like what is happening and then like the next day She's in Miami with Kanye and like then like the interview thing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And it's just like a whirlwind of just like well, shit. But it's so, it's so funny. According to Azalea Banks's Instagram stories, it's heroin is what's going on. Oh, right. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Worth mentioning. You <laughs> that know, adds a whole other like, layer of darkness. Right. Heroin is extremely dark. And then it's like also then it's just like the way this has been unfolding and like seeing like people on TikTok like analyze this like like and like give the spiel of like Kanye is like a pattern of like dressing up women Amber Rose like Kim Kardashian blah, 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 blah. and it's like but then it's like so funny like seeing like people who like aren't in like the New York bubble and like don't really know who Julia Fox is I mean like who is this girl like has she done then, anything like, else besides Uncut Gems or was that kind of her she, only film she was in some movie with Peter back I think uh <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah she wasn't a she was in some movie where she plays like a like a cam girl in 2020 also sure so, yeah <laughs> and then um something else i don't know but uh right so it's funny to see like first of all because it's like the layer of like celebrity that like Kanye the level of celebrity that Kanye is is like so beyond Julia Fox's like you know level obviously he's like a mega superstar yeah he's, then she's, like, he's one of the last of, surviving world famous musicians it's right like, uh, yeah and it's then, like, like Julia, him like, and Drake like, and Kim and I don't know there's not that many of them no but like so then Julia is like a C-list celebrity you know I that's generous yeah but you know like she's obviously more well known in he was in a softy brothers movie you yeah know, like okay like Jesus, that like, like the softy like uncut gems was not I mean I I really like that movie but it was not that no right and no but, but it feels like so it feels so funny when you see like Julia and Kanye who are like wildly worlds apart kind of but also like celebrity culture overlaps anyway and then also when you like live in New York and you're around people who like know who Julia Fox is and like then it seems like this like insular like thing and then you like then like she's with Kanye and you see the rest of America be like who the fuck is this and you're like oh <laughs> well yeah this, this, this goes back to the the old phrase that pop culture died in 2009 right I mean, I, I think that is, it's not entirely true. It's kind of more of a meme, but it's definitely been in decline. Mm, I followed that the last Tumblr account. Days. What? I followed that Tumblr account. Yeah, but but I mean, but <laughs> pop, pop culture has been in decline for quite a while. Like, 
Yeah, obviously. I, I think I, I sent you that article about how old music is killing new music. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of I don't know. If you did. Well, no, well, it's 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 someone who works in the music industry kind of analyzing trends on streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. And I believe um he pointed out that maybe like five percent of the music streamed um is from contemporary songs, which I, I believe like they define contemporary as having been released in the past 18 or 24 months. Mm-hmm. So most of the music that people are listening to is stuff that was created in like the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. So there's like there's like a trend of like every couple months, um, like a band that has like been around for decades will get like rehashed by teens on TikTok. And like yeah, now like I've seen it in the past like week because of Euphoria using like Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it's just, like, all this, like, everything's, like, cyclical, obviously. But especially with music, I'm just, like, even when I see new music pop up, like, I haven't listened to new releases. Like, there's been, like, in the past, like, 18 months at all. Like, except for very few. But yeah, same. It's not I mean, I've, like, I, probably I've, 95% of my cultural consumption is from things that are at least 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Things do break yeah, through. I, like, I really like that kid delete Zeke. I liked his album, mm-hmm. Frailty or Fragility. Um, I thought that was great, but it even like, like artists that I like, I haven't like the new Beach House, I haven't listened to. Like, <laughs> I just I didn't there's know nothing that like together. oh yeah, they are and they're going on tour. But um, you know, I, it's just like every time I see like, oh, this person's releasing this, like there's like nothing in me that's like, oh, I should check it out. <laughs> you know like it's just so i i think a lot of this is structural and it 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 does come down to um streaming as a platform versus radio you know Mm. well i i just think even in terms of like 10 20 years ago most of like your kind of sonic sensorium as you move through the world would be radio you know people would in cars people would turn on the radio in stores yeah. when they played music it would be the radio right. um in bars oftentimes it'd be the radio now most of the time people are going to you know spotify or apple music playlists or pandora radio stations or something like that and these are all kind of like either curated for vibe or organized by genre it doesn't really matter but most of it is people choosing things that they like from the past and listening to them again hard environment to break through if you're a new musician because most right. people aren't interested in new music and no one is like selling it you know no one's watching mtv like even that whole <laughs> well no just you know in the in the late 90s when you had trl total total request live you know that was basically just a platform to get tweens to listen to new releases it's like new release song right. has music video and you know christina aguilera goes to the MTV studios in Times Square and talks to Carson Daly and they do like a world premiere that people uh-huh. kind of actually care about and pay attention to. And then, you know, people call in and vote and it tends to just like coordinate with what's being released at the time because it's all it's all coming together to to be kind of a place for a media spectacle of new music releases. Exactly. But there's nothing like that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's people love to say like oh damn meatloaf died 
Um, <laughs> people have people to say to my mom is going to be so upset about that. I don't even know who Meatloaf is. I gotta be. I gotta hey, be really that out of hell. Okay, cool. Um, but like, people have to be like, you know, the lazy thing to assume is that there's no good music now, which isn't true. I feel like, but like, honestly, like the only genre that I feel like is good, like, like contemporarily, is rap. Mm-hmm. And then like, there's sort of like an rap is like different from other genres because like a very insular community of like discovery and stuff um but then like any other genre of music i mean it's it is so varied like i can't really speak on like contemporary country music culture but like well that that's very real i mean well i guess you're from northern virginia which isn't really the south but no you, i'm not if you go to texas or georgia or something you do notice just like i said because there is kind of a sonic atmosphere to places based on mm. what people like so when you're in the south and you just like i don't know you go to like a restaurant <laughs> like <laughs> what music are they playing at the restaurant in the south it's like almost always country music and you're like oh yeah it, it's notable just because it's distinct from what you would hear if you it's were like regionally specific or, right or in the northeast or something yeah i mean yeah it's just weird because it's like there's so like what is there to say like it's just that like yeah like no one really listens to the radio anymore and then like new music is kind of bad like (laughs) no but there's there's structural reasons too like i mean that we don't fully want to like think about because it it takes the mystery and the magic away from things like music but but part of the reason why like payola schemes worked was because if you play things over and over again people start to like them right this so so to some extent like i mean obviously and it's like mall have, music like all that shit people have taste obviously but at the same time people are susceptible to earworms and liking things because yeah. they're exposed to them over and over again but right. now the, the channels through which that would happen which in the past was you know record labels would identify talent build them out into a brand hype mm. them and also pay places like MTV and radio stations to play their songs or music videos a certain number of times. Those things were kind of built to um, make people more susceptible to liking music. Right. Um, And we don't have any of those structures. No. I also think there's something about the fact that like, society is older now there are less young people than there used to be that's just a fact in the right. united states and and like europe japan places like that um and i think there must also be something about you know brain plasticity <laughs> uh yeah yeah no i just i just mean you know there's a reason why people feel very nostalgic for music that they loved when they were young right and I just don't know that you could ever, you can't replicate that in like 40 year olds. So you are, so the more old people you have in a society, the more people are going to listen to older music because it like hits certain like neural pathways that you can't it hits different. <laughs> and then, and then simultaneously, that means that like young people are going to be in situations where they're exposed to more old music than new music. And then you're forming those same neural pathways in that right, exactly. instead of with contemporary I mean, yeah, music or culture. To, 
my mom is Gen X and I grew up listening to like the Grateful Dead. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's true. Like they say that like your music taste is fully formed by the time you're like 12. Yeah. So, but everything you've listened to, like, and it's like still true for me because like when I was 12, I was listening to like, uh, just like a shit ton of like indie music mm-hmm. and then like classic rock shit bluegrass that my mom liked and then so like you know and it's like yeah that's I still like that like rap I like rap but like you know whatever um it's just so funny because now it's like you think about like 12 year olds um and their consumption is all TikTok based for the most part and well, one, one funny thing that I've been noticing though is it really is 2000 six for a lot of tiktok like mm. explicitly um there's like a there's a well few, it's funny i was actually thinking about this so there's because... a few songs though that are like songs from I, I believe actually 2006 like in in the netflix show cheer um, oh really you're watching when they right? do they're like when they finally get back to nationals after uh-huh. uh when they finally get back to nationals after having it canceled for covid and they do their their performance um, they're doing it to like some slightly remixed version of the yeah yeah yeahs off with your yeah. head, uh-huh. <laughs> which I believe was released in two thousand six. And then there's other kind of like indie songs like Crystal Castles being on like the staff selects, um, yeah, in the in the staff selects area at like Amoeba Records in LA. That's uh-huh. also two thousand six. Or uh-huh. even I was looking at some like teen himbo TikToker. And right. he was doing some challenge, whatever, to like this song by like Fed Legrand from 2000. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, it's really around. all that year over and over again. Yeah. I mean, it's also funny. I keep like seeing people talk about how like, well, like there's like two different things. One thing is that like there's like a contemporary songs like from the past like two years that go viral will only go viral for short snippets. And if people like make a dance to that short snippet, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's like this one song that's been rehashed on TikTok for the past two years with like different snippets of it with mm-hmm. different dances. And then someone like put them all together and was like, there's been like four different dances Does of it like come together as a full song. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so crazy. And then on the other hand, I see people be like, I've like like this Nicki Minaj song will never escape the internet. Like I was making like edits to this song like 10 years ago for my YouTube channel. And like people are making edits to the song now. Like it's so funny. Cause like, there's one, some... Super bass? no, 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 no. Um, I can't remember, but uh, deep cut maybe, but, um, <laughs> but it's just like, it's just it's so funny. Cause it's like the cyclical nature of like internet trends coincides, but like, there's like, there's a certain longevity to certain music like electronic music or well yes and rap. no i mean it's the nostalgia cycle too like well it's this, of course yeah, music was not back until recently like pre-covid i did not hear kind of indie dance music or like electro clash no and no. now you hear a lot of it so that's that's definitely a shift i mean i enjoy it because it reminds me of of being like an art student in providence in the 2000s and going to warehouse parties Mm-hmm. So it brings up fond memories in my calcified brain, but but mm-hmm. I do there is something like amusing about it. <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> I know. I mean, I constantly see people be like, uh, like when you'll never be like a millennial in a basement show listening to like fucking <laughs> crystal castles, like, or like uh, electric feel for the first time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I do also have that FOMO, but whatever. <laughs> well, it's fine. Yeah, but everyone. Has I mean, that. whatever. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just so funny because it's like I when I think about, but actually, okay, I was about to say that when I think about, but, the you know, future, for, for I wonder that, for millennials that FOMO was like you're never actually going to be like a club kid at Limelight, right? Right. <laughs> you're just like in someone's basement. You're um, just that. Yeah, you're at. And, but it's like now you can't even go to someone's basement. You're at the. You're at the Beatrice Inn. You're not. You're not <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, but I was going to say that, like, I I was like trying to imagine, like, what, like, twenty fifteen years from now, what songs from this era will people like think about? But then I was like, I was like, oh, I can't. I just like no idea. But now I'm like remembering that I am constantly seeing people be like me in a frat house in 2016, listening to Black Beatles, like. Uh-huh. 2016 also because you know 2016 is a meme uh and has been for years of people being like oh like summer 2016 was the best summer of my life like which is so it weird was, i mean like yeah i was, young, was definitely like, the last meme year yeah i mean like people are like oh like it's so good and um and then like so like i do people see people have nostalgia for that time and like the rap and pop music that was popular then but mm-hmm. like even those songs are better than we what we have now. Like, what are we gonna do? Listen to WAP? Like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, I think. I don't know. I, 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 I just remember when it was New Year's, and I was I had a lot of people asking me to like, like write a hot take. <laughs> like, would you like to write a hot take on you know the past year, year in review? <laughs> it's just a classic pitch i mean yeah every, every publication does it but mm-hmm. i was just thinking about 2021 and i was like i don't you know i like what happened <laughs> nothing yeah i know like some of my friends were like what was your favorite movie and i was like i don't think i have a favorite movie from this year i just didn't see enough of them yeah like there was just some of the ones like that i wanted to see i just i mean so see. much of 2021 i just like stopped my media consumption pretty much i was just like online but i wasn't listening to music I wasn't watching anything. And then there were like certain periods where for like, I would just like binge watch movies for like a week, but like older movies, obviously. Well, I, I remember I looked at Barack Obama's like oh. end of year lists, like his best mm-hmm. television, best movies, best books, best music. And I really could barely identify anything on the list. I, <laughs> I just didn't know what most like. I think, he I doesn't think, either. I, don't I, worry. I, like, I think I counted and like did a percentage. And I was like, yeah, I think maybe I know like five percent of what's on here, mm-hmm. and I just don't care. It seems irrelevant, right? That's so <laughs> funny. I like. I'm like. I've had, <laughs> but I was like, no way dark. he knows what he's talking about either. But uh, I don't. I don't really think Barack Obama's consuming all that stuff. Anyways, he's like, yeah, like missed. Barack Obama is not listening to Mitski. Like, shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> also, why are you pushing this anyway? We can't vote for him. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Um, doesn't Spotify pay him to do that now or something? I have no idea, honestly. I think we no got a Spotify podcast deal. Hmm. <laughs> With Bruce Springsteen? The, the drain that catches everyone. With um, Bruce Springsteen? I don't remember. I think so. I think it was with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> but 
but it's <laughs> no but it, it, it makes people upset because uh well one these are like people want common culture to talk to other people about you know this is yeah i mean that's the thing is like there, there's like there's like, a whole aesthetic dimension but most of what pop culture provided mass right, culture like was like stuff that you could talk to like your work colleagues about yeah there's um, no like hey did you catch the last episode of blah blah yeah it's, and it's it's also dark because i think po following politics has filled that gap for a lot of people which is probably kind of unhealthy definitely unhealthy <laughs> like it's like oh i don't watch tv i just I just like to dunk on Jen Saki on Twitter. Yeah, like, ew. Like, that I is mean, not a better use of your time. No, I mean, but it's, like, funny because, like, I've adopted the inverse, like, in complete, like, you know, like, you said that thing about the voting rights bill, and I was like, what voting rights bill? Like, I have no yeah, you, fucking idea. You just it out. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I mean, it's just, like, but then when you're, like, in the opposite of that, and you're, like, not consuming the news, and you're not talking about politics, then what happens in my experience is that like you just end up discussing with like why well, just all I do with my friends is talk about how there's like nothing to talk about <laughs> yeah well <laughs> there's, it's like there's, there's kind of three things that people talk about you know one is gossip right which also I think is not necessarily like a better use of time no but it's human nature over, people who are overly consumed with like just gossiping about their peers I, that that again like can like I think bleed into this like sense that too many people have that they are micro celebrities yeah <laughs> because because it's not it's not untrue there are people talking about them but it's like it's just like your shitty frenemies it's mm -hmm. not <laughs> it's it's not like the world the world cares what you're up to it's like it is not the whole it's shitty people problem. that you that you know probably shouldn't be interacting with because yeah you guys hate each other um <laughs> and then there's there's politics which is also just people screaming at each other not healthy um and then there used to be pop culture that would be what people talked about i feel like but now you know i i, I tweeted this a couple of days ago i think part of the reason why people are less interested in pop culture is actually because of cancel culture it's mm -hmm. also dark. I mean, even like when we were talking about Kanye and Kim. Oh, yeah. I have a huge like, it's all there. really dark. I think like, I mean, cancel culture is so tied to like that loss of mystery and that veil of like untouchable. Like, yeah, it's like all your heroes are assholes. Right. And then it's like. You can't like it's so you used to be able to even just like crazy people like you used to be able to enjoy things because of the spectacle and not moralize it you know and yeah. now there's like quote unquote something ethically wrong with that but I don't think there is at all I think that like human nature and it's like it's like freeing and enjoyable to like consume someone being a hot mess like <laughs> it's, no, and I, it's I, how we bond I don't entirely you know? disagree I I just I mean there's, okay here's a good example about like it's like a scapegoat, you know, like people have all these negative emotions that they don't. Have yeah, any, they, they can't put anywhere anymore. In yes, they're projecting them. So, in, so instead, they just like do like all these awful, terrible things to like strangers on the Internet or they mm. or they like voraciously consume like tales of woe about celebrities. Right. Like, I mean, read, like a Jane Austen novel or like yeah, a Charlotte Bronte <laughs> novel, you know, literally. Like, 
I just think that would actually be more ethically sound. <laughs> like to consume all these lascivious details about fictional characters makes more sense. Oh, exactly. To me than, and that's literally why they like, written. Like cheering, come on. cheering on like the mental health crises of <laughs> yeah, either like, I mean, internet celebrities or like real world famous celebrities. There's totally like a need for that. Like there's a reason like gossipy, like crazy books like that were written and it was because people were bored and they wanted something to talk about and like it's good to talk about that sort of thing not in like a YA novel like fan fiction well, way it's like a steam it's like a steam valve for like negative social yeah and it's a good theme. emotional outlet and then when but you're in, like in, instead of having like saying terrible gossipy things about like your neighbor you say it about some fictional character that you and your friends are all reading about in a book exactly like just start a book club <laughs> but like that's like the thing is the mob of cancel culture is like people are just looking for something to be united like with and against and so like they don't even care like if you're canceled and like you're going about it like the cancellation like apologizing and you're like what can i do like it's never going to be enough they're feeding off of you like groveling at their feet oh my god stop no (laughs) not like west elm caleb because i like kept i was like looking up i like saw that video and like i was like following the timeline of it loosely because i like kept seeing it um i think he was just like Honestly, who cares? Who cares about West Elm Caleb? No, it's, All I it's see, just a okay, fuck we're gonna keep boy. talking it's a about fuck West boy who went on a bunch of dates like, with girls. It's a bunch of like millennial sluts who are like, oh my god, he love bombed me and then ghosted. And it's like, get the fuck off hinge, then you stupid bitch. God. Oh my god. Like you're well, creating yeah, an issue for yourself. Every much- time I see somebody talk about dating in New York and how awful it is, I'm like, you're literally putting yourself in that position. I have no sympathy for you. It's definitely <laughs> a get off Tinder moment or bumble. It's- yeah it absolutely is. and it's like it's literally all i see these videos of west Elm caleb like it's just like women who are like 27 be like oh my god this is so crazy and we totally made this gossip train and like talking to all these other girls we have to warn the other women like and it's literally just some white guy with a mustache like did he but rape I think, you and i think beat you no no i don't think there were any like sexual assault allegations the allegations no. are just that he went on lots of dates with people and didn't and ghosted them, them. it's like that he was dating no. lots of people. No, not even that. And then he it ghosted like them. It started out casually and it ghosted. But it's like, also, it's like, you would, I would rather, like, ghosting is like a necessary evil. Like, why would you want to be continuing a re- continuing a relationship with someone who doesn't like you? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, all of these women who are like, oh my God, he ghosted me. We have to get him. Like, that's so embarrassing. Like, he didn't like you. And then you're like, why are you are you you're just desperate <laughs> like you're literally just desperate and it's like yeah come on guys like this is so embarrassing for for womankind like, i just i think i think people who like deeply indulge in online dating just end up being very damaged by the experience <laughs> uh absolutely i mean the this thing is, i always like to say is that dating apps are use, for people who don't believe in god <laughs> i only use these apps to have you know, anonymous sex. I'm not trying to date. Well, anyone. you're gay. That's different. <laughs> no, but I, women, I have I have gay friends who. Women? No, but I women have gay friends. So let me finish. I okay. have gay friends who do do online dating, and I don't. But I don't know anyone who like actually started dating someone from it. It just seemed <laughs> like this like torture ritual where they be like, "Yeah, I'm just trying to get myself out there, so I'm going on like another Tinder date." 
you know, like just kind of yeah, like filling up the like void this. with with coffee. Right. It's empty, like casual, like it's hookup culture, but also like casual dating is like another thing I like to say is like dating is cheating on your future spouse because like <laughs> wasting each other's time and you both know you're not going to get married and you're just like kind of just like hanging out because like whatever that's well, so guess, sad guess, like you don't value your own time enough and you don't value yourself enough to be around people that you actually want to be around for like a while like it's so bizarre to me but like I do also think that like dating apps and like online dating like there was a very brief period of time where people actually like did meet their like significant others and like get married because of like tinder or whatever but i feel like that kind of like that way of ass i know anyone who's married someone they met on tinder almost everyone i know who uh is dating or getting married like met their spouse via like some real world interaction yeah like, and through a friend say, or something right i haven't people seen all these like long-term saying... relationships that have come out of no no i think it's very rare i think it's very rare and i think that like the window of opportunity within like the first 18 months of the app launching of like there's like people <laughs> then all the normal people had had paired off and it was only exactly left. <laughs> yes exactly literally and yeah and i feel like there's always like this whole like especially because of covid there's like oh my god like you can't meet people in real life anymore but like that's not oh that was the most depressing thing people going on zoom dates oh ew gross never i don't even facetime my i don't even facetime the the man i'm going to marry that's i think i honestly think like video call technology is so demonic but especially if you're like doing a first date it just makes me imagine someone with like a spreadsheet like in their Ew. COVID pod, you know, and like, like, okay, it's Saturday. I'm gonna do like like four, like dates, <laughs> four Tinder Zoom dates <laughs> that are all like, like in a row, and slowly this person is getting more and more drunk <laughs> as they go on. Um, yeah, really grim. That is, you know, it's all very grim. It's like, it's insane. Like, I, I can't fathom like. Uh, like, <laughs> isn't this why? Um, isn't this why young people seem to be more interested in serious relationships than millennials were? Because I think they that's look at, true. They look I'm at not really sure. I mean, I'm in a weird post, spot. Post because, Tinder, and they see horror. Yeah, I don't know. I think like there's sort of like a because of like the millennial like sex positivity, casual hookup culture, uh, like shit that was like shove down a lot of um impressionable children's throats online in the 2010s um like there's kind of like an awakening i do see like every day more but girls it, being like i don't want to do this anymore ironic <laughs> you know it, when millennials were growing up it wasn't that culture was that sex positive because it was still kind of there's a little bit of like the abstinence only no, 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 right. So from the 90s, growing up, it was but, still but like Disney what, what, stars I, what's ironic is that the sex positive education made Zoomers more sex negative. Like, the, statistically true that Zoomers have less sex than yeah. did as teenagers. I mean, right. Because, like, when millennials in, in America grew up with like purity culture, kind of, and like Bush era, like purity rings and like you know that, that I mean, kind of that, that's regional that i i didn't know that's regional but it's also like ring. even like <laughs> the, jo- the jonas brothers i mean i don't know that's not really millennial is it 
no like, that's more your that came cusp. after us yeah but it's also before me so you're right but uh like okay whoever's on the cusp of that like grew up with like the jonas brothers being like we're wearing purity rings like we're not gonna fuck our disney channel girlfriends like um it's like weird i i mean at the end of the day i don't really care what people are doing but but if your online dating life is so traumatic that you're like doxing people and trying to get them fired you should reconsider whether this is like a healthy use of your time right i totally agree i think that just like these women are <laughs> i think it's over for them i don't think i don't see i mean it's weird because like when you there's like so much damage that millennial women have like <laughs> done to them by society but also that they do to themselves and each other and then it's like you're 30 and you're not married and you're like canceling a, a, a tinder man like it's so <laughs> bizarre I just like I don't know I occupy a very weird space because like even in my my peers I guess um my age group like I don't even know like I have friends who are like in their early 20s and like they're they're doing like hinge dating too or like shit like that and it's just like so fruitless like they're constantly complaining about it and constantly being like this is like awful like everybody sucks like even the guys they go out would suck and like nothing has ever come out of it and they're like I never been on a dating app like I I mean don't do it I mean, no, I, I, I also don't need to, like, I'm not interested in dating because I'm getting married, but like, um, it's just so funny. Cause like, I can like the generational differences between like Gen Z on dating apps and like millennials on dating apps. Uh, it's it like, there's an overlap there where, you know, it's just like, it's like the great equalizer of online dating is that it just, it makes everybody feel awful. <laughs> and I'm like, how is this like, how do you guys have hope with this? And like, you're still like reaching for something that isn't there. And like, you're like one more swipe. I just think people are addicted to it. Like any other social media, obviously, which is funny. Cause then like when you, you know, you translate it to real life, it's obviously going to be disappointing. And I think people have better chances of like meeting people online on like Instagram or Twitter and like falling in love. Well, cause like, that's what happened to me, but like. Or, or you have better chances of meeting people you might want to date by like having friends and um, socializing. Oh, right. So true. <laughs> there's that, there's that whole mystery bag of. Yeah. I, I mean, people. Well, I, I guess it's, it's definitely, don't. you look at like, you can look at like stats and stuff about this, but. Um, yeah. People, people used to meet people and date people that they met through like churches or work obviously those are kind of well people don't go to church anymore very much and people don't go to work well, anymore and either. work <laughs> dating co-workers is a no-no now um right but that's that's I mean that's kind of where these these apps thrive as people whose lives are really dumb I mean and that's why it's always like people in their 20s you know because it's like they're they spend all their time at work um so all the but that means that all the people that they socialize with and who are like most of their peer group not, this isn't everyone that has a corporate job but a lot of people their job is their main social outlet you know mm -hmm. that means that they're all like off the table <laughs> in terms of being potential dating right partners. but then so it's like you know 
you go to work and maybe you have happy hour with your colleagues and then you go home <laughs> and you have to get on Tinder. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> because you don't, I mean, you don't have I mean, time. also think about like the people who are like doing online jobs, like you don't even get the socialization of that. So it's like even more bleak. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, but, but this kind of just comes back to like even this whole like virality thing it's like are these people famous is he famous i mean it's more they're more like victims of information more than famous uh, yeah even yeah. i mean even people... it feels it feels a lot more like i don't did you watch the hype house netflix show no so i i watched it and it kind of opens with um you know all these tiktokers mm-hmm. and they're the the, the producer the producers are asking them you know do you think you're famous i mean clearly they have big audiences because they all have millions of followers right they're like i don't know am i famous and the whole thing just seems so odd because also they they can't really answer like why <laughs> like why am i why do millions of people follow me they're like i don't know why this happened yeah but it's funny because like tiktok <laughs> boys are probably like like more than any other internet grown quote celebrity um, are like TikTok boys are more likely to be like recognized in the middle of nowhere by a random teenage girl. You know what I mean? Totally. It's like, cause like if you think of fame in like the context of the public, yeah, they do have that. I'm not saying that they're, they're not famous. They're not world famous, but they are famous. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they're quite celebrities though. They're more uh, like, because I like I they're wrote, like I think they're famous, but they're like irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, like in, in the Gonzo culture report that I wrote like a year and a half ago. Yeah. I talk more about like why we need to call these people internet personalities. Yeah. Not really celebrities. No. <laughs> they're, they're more like content machines. Right. But you can see when you watch the show that like they all seem to kind of hate it. Like they don't <laughs> like the whole show is just about how how they don't want to post. Right. I think did we and, talk about this last time? Um, I don't know. We might but have. I, we we might have, but I, but I think the crisis of posting is is real and an under investigated phenomena. Oh yeah, I mean, even I, with my humble little <laughs> circle, feel that posting fatigue. Um, it's just weird. I mean, when you create a following based off of yourself, um. And I'm like, I wouldn't, I would never call myself a, a niche internet micro celebrity because that's cringe. <laughs> and but um, you got to get like, those numbers up, so. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, I have always wanted, like, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be like famous. But like, then I got older and I realized, like, I only want to be like, w- like known to like this upper echelon of people and like I don't want to be accessible to the general public like it's not their business and they wouldn't get it so um like being an e-girl or whatever it was always like obvious to me like how you could grow a huge following cough by being like a slut cough but um but like I mean <laughs> a I was never gonna do that but b like you know I hit like once I hit a threshold of followers I was like I actually don't want any more than this and like it's too much responsibility and it's like just weird. Like I'd rather have like a close knit following, you know, with like people I respect, uh, but not 
like just strangers because I don't really care about their opinion. Um, the other thing too is that like uh, when you oh I just like totally blanked. Um, no, that's fine. I I agree. I I think fame is th- this is the whole thing about the mystery being kind of torn away. Um, famous seems to be deeply destructive to most people. Mm. I mean, yeah. that's, like, that's what we have, like all these kind of like martyrs. Tragic, yeah, tragic yeah, they're figures. tragic figures like Marilyn Marlin and Marilyn Monroe yeah. and Elvis and Kurt Cobain and, you know, Jimi Hendrix and mm, uh, Princess yeah. Diana and Michael Jackson and, and Kanye yeah. kind of destined to like fulfill that arc as well. Totally. Um, most people don't make it out alive. <laughs> no, that's the thing. It is a dangerous game. I think like, yeah, it's just weird. I mean, the other thing about. I, I think like, I like, think that what you're talking about also, though, is just that there's there's a weird. There's a weird dynamic now because a lot of economic incentives are directly tied to the yeah. idea of people having an audience. Yeah. Like, how do you manage the aspiration to have an audience um but not to actually be famous is kind of a a contradictory weird question that i think a lot of people struggle with Hmm. true because it's like no 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 i mean even for like (laughs) horny stuff like it's like no you need to become a linkedin influencer if you want to get a promotion like that's so (laughs) psychotic this idea that like you get promoted at your corporate job you need to get like tens of thousands of followers on LinkedIn. It has a so whole weird layer of work to work where it's like, no, not only do you need to do your job, like you in the back of your social. head, you feel like your real job is to yeah. be participating in social networks. Yeah. And like, all set up that if you don't like, like your following starts to wither and die. I feel bad. And, you're, like, and your it. content gets like, uh, <laughs> you know, downvoted in the algorithm. Right. I mean, these are like, it's crazy to like conceptualize these problems because it's like, it's never something that I have to deal with, but it's like, this is probably just like increasingly the reality for most people. Yes. And uh, it's like, damn, like what are normal people going to do? Maybe not most people, but a lot of more people than more people than should be concerned about trying to cultivate. Definitely more people than it's necessary uh <laughs> i mean it's it's not it's not that that having a personal brand or being a public figure were totally alien before the internet you know of right. course people wrote books or wrote articles or things like that but the the output of the content was much more you know direct and circumspect you know yeah if, and it you, wasn't wrote, if like- you wrote a book or you wrote a column there wasn't an expectation that you would be kind of like being a community manager and yeah. <laughs> and like mon- monitoring comments and likes and all this like weird shit that is yeah and also like constantly engaged. with a constant output too i feel like yeah no the idea so was like now yeah, if, you, if you wanted to be like a famous businessman the idea was like you're gonna write like a book and go on like a book tour but again these <laughs> are kind of like these were previously constrained things and they they had a professional capacity and right. that like you know, if you were going to write a, a book, for like an airport business book, you were going to work with like a publishing house and they were going to be in-house marketers and you were mm-hmm. an agent and, you know, there would be people handling everything. And right now we've kind of 
amateurized fame. Mm -hmm. No, everyone can do it. You have all the tools yourself. But at the end of the day, most people are just deeply distracted by it. And I think probably don't even really want to be doing it, you know? They get trapped. You get trapped. I think they have complicated feelings about it. I definitely think that most people do, but there's also like a chemical like addiction people definitely have to like the the dopamine yeah, response it's called, it's called you know uh persuasive design mm-hmm. which is basically studying you know brain responses to certain kind of stimuli and designing social media apps to hook into those you know neurochemical responses right so it's like even if they have conditioning feelings, like trapped in it yeah I don't know. I feel like the only <laughs> like the urge to um, create an audience for yourself and like uh, feed off of that like a- attention um, is also like just like satanic but like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like maybe all of you guys may step outside of yourselves go to church temple whatever (laughs) i just think there's i mean this is it's just like a whole cultural issue of like not quite selfishness but like just self-obsession that yeah no i i well the problem is is that if if any path to success whether in work or dating or uh politics or who knows uh-huh. It is all kind of through this narrow pathway of self-promotion. Uh-huh. Like that's it's kind of dark, you know. It's so dark. It's, it's so like, dark. No, no, no. You need to really lean into your narcissism and self-obsession. That <laughs> is that's how you're gonna succeed in this world. Exactly. And it's like it's so bizarre because you know, like and that then, spectacle, like creating, like, and then like the other the people that you're trying to get to like become as obsessed with you as you have to become like it's like a never-ending loop are like also doing the same thing and it's like yeah like you can't know who everybody is you can't be obsessed with everybody like self-obsession is good if you're not marketing yourself like <laughs> i don't know that self-obsession is good well but, a healthy but level it's, of it's self-obsession. more like that tiktok where this girl imagines that everyone is going to be a famous micro celebrity but it's kind of it's just everyone being deluded into thinking that they're a famous micro celebrity because because they're thinking about themselves all the time and then they project onto all the all the people around them that those people must also be thinking about them but then the dark thing is that all those people are just thinking about themselves yeah (laughs) uh right (laughs) that's why you need to that's why what? <laughs> you get mad religious. You're gonna get mad religious. Like, <laughs> you need to submit to something larger than yourself. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of the idea there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's like a very bleak like situation that we have on our hands, clearly. And it's so funny too. I mean, because like very few of these people are like legitimately entertaining, um, or like funny or like attractive. Oh, yeah, there, there's gonna be a whole raft of washed up influencers. Oh, so true. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I was saying this like last time, but like, you know how like it's like the the pipeline between from like internet, like heartthrob teen boy to like 
mommy blogger or like family vlogger you're just like abusing your children and then like you know what's going to happen to these influencers children who are born as influencers i mean like that's there's already a lot of generation there's already a lot of celebrity children and yeah but i feel like there's in new york no no yeah i know but i feel like it's like a completely different like thing when like you're a kid and you're growing up in hollywood and your parents are famous and you're famous and you're followed by paparazzi and stuff that's totally different compared to like having your face in a phone screen or a camera or an ipad since birth and like being edited and like goaded into performing every single day of your life sure because at least you do have like some privacy if you're famous um if you grow up famous like there are like measures you can take and like also the the technological like implications of like influencers and like how they're like giving their baby's brain damage is like bizarre to me like no like i'll be damned if my kid ever has a fucking ipad in their first like five Um, years like oh my god no and it's like it's worse too because like i've seen like my brother is like only like 10 and like he grew up with an ipad and like obviously like when i when he was like born and like an infant and stuff like i was too young to really be like hey but like now i'm always like shouldn't have let him do that (laughs) now look at him no offense uh he's never gonna hear this but um (laughs) it is like i do look at him and i feel sad i'm like it is like like there's something like your brain has been heavily affected by this in a way that like i am lucky enough to have escaped by just being born a couple years older um and it's just like i thought about ipads before because I don't know. I was just like watching one of the Apple, you know, product drop Demos. videos or yeah. whatever. And I was like, who's buying all these fucking iPads? Babies. I, I, exactly. And I was they're like, buying it with like, their They're buying it for children because it's a babysitter for your kids. Yeah, and a thousand so a thousand dollar iPad is a lot cheaper than a babysitter. Even like it's nowhere, literally nowhere is safe. Even schools like have them. Like I'm never going to send my kids to school where they're like, why, why on earth does a preschool need an iPad for the kids to use for five minutes as playtime on the iPad? Like that is so unnecessary and like lazy and extremely damaging, like neurologically damaging. It's like, like that's the real pandemic and no one cares. Like what's someone, what's someone think <laughs> the real of the pandemic is iPads. It literally is like, Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, obviously masks are like, completely damaging like how children are like able to yeah. perceive emotion and well, like interact with other people let's but- talk about that for a little bit actually because like I, I like I frame this as kind of what has COVID done to pop culture and in my mind it's just really been the final nail in the coffin mm. but I wonder maybe maybe as the world emerges post Omicron which seems likely <laughs> I don't know if you know this but like uh, England, <laughs> England got rid of all of their vaccine mandates and they uh, did masks. Uh, yeah, well, it's scheduled to end on the 26th. Oh, wow. So next week, I believe. Huh. Interesting. Um, so I wonder if there'll be some kind of, you know, mini pop culture renaissance because people are so fucking bored with the Internet. What do you think? Yeah, I mean when COVID first 
happened like in early 2020 I remember just being like oh this is totally like the plague and there's going to be a cultural renaissance after this like I remember like saying that and thinking it and now like two years later <laughs> now you don't no I I just I didn't have any expectations for what it was going to be at the time um and now that like we've been going through the motions a little bit I still kind of have no idea I just think that's like the only way out is through and I do think the internet like maybe we'll see people break away from online and like just kind of just want to be normal people but I do think the internet's gonna become more and more inescapable I mean even like fucking nfts like people like the fact that like the netflix like netflix engineering is like what do you guys think about nfts like it's so weird to me because like a year ago like they weren't popular at all it was like this very niche thing and i had only found out about it then but like even then i was still kind of late uh and then just like seeing how uh, it unfolded and like became a huge like phenomenon that like normal people know what that is i think there's there's two there's there's maybe not two maybe three possibilities one is maybe there is some kind of like re-emergence of pop culture and people kind of truly miss uh these irl pop culture spectacles and Mm -hmm. maybe maybe there is some like mini resurgence there uh the other possibility is no there's no resurgence (laughs) it was already dead and like COVID was really just the last nail in the coffin because it was already a declining paradigm because the internet broke up the kind of broadcast model that that really like undergirded most of what pop culture could do Uh and then the third one is like maybe there is but uh but maybe it's just like a like a like renaissance is rebirth so maybe people are really just gonna time warp <laughs> back to a different era what the Maybe? 90s I yeah, don't know I mean, I, well it seems like people honestly, really okay, want to live in I 2006 think, I definitely because like there's I don't know on the one hand I just want to preface what I'm about to say by saying that like I think that while it's possible that people like break away from the internet entirely for a bit and like that ends up being a thing I just think people are too lazy to do that ever and just like you know generally more fatter and like unhealthier and sadder <laughs> than they were like 20 I mean, years possibly, ago but there's also stuff that i see that like in my mind is like a ping that something's wrong like i think instagram is having problems and the reason i think instagram is having problems is one maybe it was it was either in 2020 or early 2021 there was a slew of instagram ads which to me says they're not hitting their like numbers on engagement or like Mm -hmm. new users or user retention whatever they're looking at Mm -hmm. so I was like okay if they're trying to rebrand Instagram as a place to find yourself um (laughs) that must mean that they feel like they're like not getting boomers on board wait and then two yesterday or the day before I forget exactly uh Instagram announced that they're starting a subscription service what yeah so like you can you can like pay an influencer to have like the uh you know the premium content so like patreon yeah but built in well yeah and, and that what that makes me presume is that um 
Instagram is probably having, you know, talent retention problems because maybe like I feel like talented young people. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, I'm going to go to TikTok because it's easier to grow audience there. Or maybe oh, yeah, talented I totally, older older people are article. like, I'm gonna go to YouTube because I can um <laughs> because I it's easier to monetize my content there. Huh. Yeah, no, I I saw like a headline like last week that was like Instagram and Facebook are like struggling to gain like young users, yeah. but Tumblr is... Oh yeah, I saw that. I yeah. mean it's not nearly as the scale is different, but yeah. The scale is completely different. Tumblr but... has a lot of new Zoomer users who are all signing up to go back and blog. Yeah, and I think, so like, I mean, part of what I have been like thinking about over the past two years, um, and like, as I learned about like Web3 and whatever, like, I was like, okay, it makes sense that like post, like there is going to be like the end of social media because everything's just going to be like advertising and shit like that. And so then like people are going to revert back to like, you know, having a personal blog and then like forums and that sort of thing. So like in my head, I do see that as like a path that like people just make their own like yeah, I mean, I, stuff I and then like use the forums both. to meet up IRL. But also I just don't even, okay. I think it's going to be like the way that it was when that was a thing in the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, like it's going to be very, very niche, but there's going to be a small group of people, but there's not going to be a huge cultural renaissance of it because most people, I don't have faith in the general public and most people are happy being like fat and depressed and like clicking on ads. Sure, so- but but the, the problem that social media has is that when you look at the shifts in attention during COVID, it wasn't that people were spending more time on social media or, no. or spending more time on streaming sites like Netflix, what they were spending more time on was listening to podcasts mm-hmm. and gaming. Those yeah. Those are the big winners. Um, so I think most people are just shifting away from social media because they find it kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I deleted Instagram, so. And I think a lot of people <laughs> find Netflix boring too. I mean, Netflix, Netflix is Netflix, mad boring. I mean, it's kind of designed to be boring. It's designed to be like ambient content that, is on when yeah. something else but I think right. I feel like having nothing to do but look at Netflix for a while in 2020 kind of it's like one of those things like when you know when like a when like you're when a dad catches his kid like smoking a cigarette when they're like 12 <laughs> and they're like we're gonna make you smoke a whole pack and then like yeah smoke <laughs> a ton of cigarettes until they puke yeah <laughs> I think COVID had like that effect on a lot of digital technologies because like, oh my god I do not want to deal with this shit anymore it sucks yeah I, now I yeah, see the downside right it's like exactly like it's excess like gluttony and then you're faced with the ramifications of that um greed or just like overconsumption. it's just gluttony yeah I'm, but like I yeah have, and then I have mixed feelings about Web3. What seems interesting to me about it is that it does seem like it can recultivate a sense of mystery in culture. Yeah. Even the people are like, what is Web3? It's like the same way people were like, what is the World Wide Web? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 mean, I just think you could, in- it'll be interesting to see who the first uh, Web3 celebrity is. <laughs> me. <laughs> Probably Honor Levy whatever maybe maybe perhaps um 
yeah I don't know I just think like even when we went to like Urbit together and mm-hmm. like we were like hang out and stuff it's so there's like so much time I think before it's really like adopted on a I mean like there's no cute girls there <laughs> uh, well yeah like like I said when when I went to Urbit I think Urbit and crypto and nfts and all these different platforms the race to me is like who can build a somewhat cogent consumer interface for normies who are not developing yeah but that I think that has to that's a precondition of it being uh mass adopted so whoever yeah. gets there first is likely to win right um yeah, it'll be interesting. I know that there are people working on that right now. With no, no, I agree. I'm, I'm just but, saying, um, it's definitely like one of these like races. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and um, like, it's, it's funny to see like, you know, I wonder what Web3 will be like, like how Urbit will be like culturally in a year from now. Because like the past year with NFTs, like I don't think it'll grow as fast as NFTs do because obviously the appeal of NFTs is like, you know, they, it's like stocks. Like you, Yeah, NFTs have a whole speculative right and so but even that is like once you learn about nfts like that's sort of a gateway to like learning about other things so i wonder what the cultural like understanding will be of web3 etc like the mass adoption of just like information at that point but who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe Whoa. maybe Web three will just be the the death of celebrity fully. I think so. it does, I mean, it does seem to me it's supposed like to be de- like decentralized, autonomous organizations are supposed to be autonomous. Like people aren't supposed to be involved. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I feel so like, it's the, like the, the vision have... of a lot of these things is right. is a future where um, there isn't a constant social an economic pressure to plug into giant platforms where you are yeah. like overexposed to like there's no LinkedIn billions of people every day um and it's driving you insane yeah it's like what what if you could accomplish some of the like connectivity uh possibilities of the internet without the like soul frazzling uh, <laughs> scale of web 2 right yeah and that'll be definitely interesting to see how that works out i mean it's funny too because it's like even thinking about people like the concept of people like going offline fully i'm just an online girl like i don't think i'll ever stop posting (laughs) in in any yeah i mean whatever form it ends up being you know maybe i'll just end up like reblocking reblogging pictures on tumblr for the rest of my life but like Or maybe I'll make a WordPress, you know, the possibilities are just endless. But like, you know, it's just like, I don't, because I don't see myself ever not using the internet in some capacity. I don't, I don't ever see mass. That's, that's reasonable. I, I've thought to myself though, that like, I do think in the future, not having to go on the internet will be like a privilege, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, like when it's you definitely can, like, like a rich person thing to be like, oh, I don't even need to deal with that shit. Right. Exactly. When you're like, oh, like, why would I, why would I order oh, yeah. something online? I, I, I told one of my friends recently and they cracked up. I was like, the metaverse is going to be for poor people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's like, <laughs> the metaverse is for people who can't afford, like, 
oh, you can't afford the carbon credits to go on vacation to Greece. So you can do a, you know, Oculus Rift virtual tour. It's clearly not the yeah. same. Yeah, because I, I don't know, like that's so like gross to me to think about. It's scary because like <laughs> the metaverse, like, I don't even know how I feel about the metaverse. I just know it's funny to say that word. It's but like, like you, can't, you can't afford the like limited edition Yeezy yeah, like if we're gonna go, so you have to buy like the hacked the virtual ones the hacked virtual ones yeah it's like it's like if we go full black mirror and like norm normies poor people have to live online and like if you're affluent you get to like be in the real world that's kind of how it already is so I can I guess it is to some extent but I hopefully great. that changes because I think it's just it's just negative because the, the thing that like is never considered in these situations is like, what does it do to your body to be like so no exactly what is it what does it do your to your brain and your body and it's completely yeah. like deteriorates it. I do think that like this is gonna sound bleak, but like <laughs> it's also kind of not because <laughs> um I do think that it's gonna be like poor people and normal people on the on the metaverse and like on the internet forever and then like vicariously like living through like tv shows and stuff where people are going to be like doing reality tv in the real world um because they can afford it they can like go out and stuff i don't know i don't know what i'm not really sure like i'm trying to think of like imagine if uh imagine if there was a service where you got to pretend to be the person Oh, I'm sure that will exist. What being like, John Malkovich? <laughs> yeah, basically. Like yeah. You just, yeah, the being John Malkovich of the metaverse, where you're like, you just get to like subscribe to uh I, I mean, am this, Kanye. This is basically what, what uh Julia Fox is doing to Kim, right? She's just like Malkoviching Kim to some Loki. I don't think Kim does heroin, but <laughs> But um, but yeah, but like you know, you just imagine the being John Malkovichification of this and uh yeah, people people just like are passively consuming from a first person. Yeah, and I mean, listen, what, I, what like a rich person is doing all day. Yeah, totally. And I think I think it's bleak, and I think it's sad, and I think people's brains and bodies and souls are dying off. But also, you know, I I just see people in those situations, and for the most part. I'm like, you put yourself there. Like, that's a decision you made. And if you're not smart enough or you just, like, don't care enough about yourself to keep yourself in the situation, and I struggle to find a lot of uh, sympathy. Like, I can I can find empathy, but I can't find any sympathy when you're, like, you know, 20 years from now, like, if the norm is just, like, people sitting on a couch and filth and, like, with, like, an Oculus Rift strapped to their face, like... Pretending to be Lisa Rinna. Yeah, and I'm like outside on a walk with my children. Um, <laughs> I'll be like, you know, maybe you deserve you deserve that. Like, I think that people kind of deserve the situations that they end up in. Bleak, though. bleak. <laughs> uh, not bleak though, because I'm like, hey, me and my friends, we're gonna be allowed outside. So. <laughs> All right, I think I think on that note, I, I'm gonna say I disagree with people deserve whatever horrors the tech industry creates. No, I mean, but... hey. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen. It... Okay, I I think it's bad. I don't think I I wish that everyone would just be able to like like get offline and like go to a park and like remember what it feels like to be a human being with like love and like 
appreciation for beauty and spring and, like, 2022 now. i think it's coming back yeah i mean i encourage that above truth all things. And, truth and beauty brigades all truth and beauty out. yeah um, that's what i'm saying it's a war on passion we got to bring it back like you got you know but um the thing is if it's like all in front of you you have the ability and you're just like pushing it away like that's something that you have a deeply rooted issue within yourself and there's nothing that anyone can do to help you it's true but we we hope hope everyone chooses life yeah choose life (laughs) all right i think i think that's it for this week so wow it's pretty good (laughs) bye bye